everybody. It is high noon on 420. Means it's time for the AltaCast here at Mutiny Radio. We were just listening to the morning train with JD Buell, another great show from him, curating all the best music for your listening ear holes. And now it's time for the AltaCast. Then yesterday, this is uh, my homage to marijuana today. I love you more than tomorrow, yeah, I love you every day. Every day is 420 in my book here at MutinyRadio.fm. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, and I love smoking marijuana. I'm really excited about it being 420. We're going to be joined by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth Win. Uh, Kelly Cry might be coming by. He doesn't smoke the weeds, but that's okay. We'll forgive him. Get started with the AltaCast. Oh, it's Wednesday again. It's 4:20. Yes. 4:20. What? What does it mean? Why do we do it? Well, I tell you why I do it. Cause I like. I like to smoke weed, all right? Um, I've changed my entire life so that I can consume as much cannabis as my little heart desires. Yay, San Francisco forever! All right. So uh, a lot of people ask, what, what is the 420? What does it mean? What's the origin of this uh, number, and what does it mean? There's lots and lots of... Uh, urban myths about it that uh it was it was in in the 70s it's what cops called uh marijuana that it's the time that you should smoke because 420 is a great time in the afternoon you know what is it about so this is published today by the sf gate and it is local originators of term 420 solve a 45 year old mystery all right Back in the 1970s, it was a treacherous task for high schoolers to obtain marijuana. Back then, we spent every day of our lives worrying about getting busted. Going to buy was a really secret thing, Steve Kapper says. Oh, they tried to put on a bunch of uh, extra thingies here. We're not going to. Back then, we spent every day of our lives worried about getting busted. Going to buy was a really secret thing, Steve Kapper said. There was paranoia, but it also made for an energy-charged brotherhood of outlaws, avoiding the law. Kapper, a man who now works in the financial services industry in San Francisco, was once one-fifth of a group calling themselves the Waldos, a coterie of companions at San Rafael High School generally considered to be behind the term 420. While many believe that the famous phrase 420 was associated with some sort of police code for marijuana, that's not the case. Actually, it began as a secret language mumbled in school hallways to communicate a post-class smoke session. And since then, it has taken on the form of a bona fide national phenomenon. However, as the guys remember it almost 50 years ago when the term was born... It was just a friendly pastime with friends, a reference to post-class trips during which they'd seek a treasure trove of marijuana mysteriously up for the taking somewhere in Point Reyes. 
This is where most people stop believing the story. As it goes 45 years ago, the Waldos were given a treasure map. Fantastic and preposterous as it may seem, the Waldos have always contended that the brother, brothers that passed it over to them promised with a stoner's paradise where the X marked the spot, a free crop of marijuana ready for the taking. For the next few weeks, the Waldos would catch each other's eyes in the hallways, uttering simply 420 Lewis. It was a secret code, an invitation to meet at 4.20 p.m. after their sports practices at the statue of Louis Pasteur in front of the school. And then the safari would begin as they'd take off toward the Point Reyes Coast Guard Station in a 66 Chevy Impala in search of the stash. The grower of the weed, it turned out, was a Coast Guardsman named Gary Newman, stationed on the peninsula. He was the brother-in-law to the Waldo's buds who first delivered them the sacred map. Newman and some other friends had planted the weed for personal use, but they soon began to grow suspicious that their overseeing officers might bust them. So to get rid of the evidence, Newman made a map for those interested to come harvest. The Waldos never found the marijuana, and eventually they reluctantly pushed the mystery aside. But the phrase 420 stuck, just like the name Waldos a reference to the wall where they met between classes. We'd hang out there, make fun of people going by, doing imitations and joking around. And that was kind of our hangout, fellow Waldo and current independent filmmaker Dave Reddix tells SFGate. So we just start calling each other Waldos. The phrase 420, meanwhile, was just another little joke, as Reddix says. But if it was a joke, it was one that everyone else soon learned, including some of the members of the Grateful Dead, as well as bandmates in Phil Lesh's side projects, Too Loose to Truck and Sea Stones. While Reddix isn't sure that Lesh or other muse- musicians like David Crosby first heard 420 from his own mouth or from his brothers, who managed a couple of Lesh's other bands, but it does seem probable. After all, the Waldos tended to hang out backstage at many of the dead's shows. The father of Waldo, Mark, who today often works as a photographer and renovator in the real estate sector, helped the dead find the band space for rehearsals and shows, making sure to add the Waldos to pertinent guest lists. For a young man around 18 or 19 around these guys, it was pretty overwhelmingly fun. Reddix remembers, we'd shoot some hoops and get high and listen to the dead playing and practicing inside the warehouse. And though the Waldos never knew for sure where the dead picked up the phrase, the bigger mystery was always the answer to the map. Until 2016, after a six-year hunt beginning in 2010, hundreds of unanswered cold calls and the hiring of a private investigator, they finally found Newman. Though homeless in the San Jose area, he agreed to meet them 45 years after he penned the legendary treasure map. When they finally met, it was Super Bowl weekend, but the Waldos were able to put him up in lodging for a couple days while they interviewed him about the map. But some of the revelations and stories exchanged, which you can read about more in depth here, uh, one of the most memorable moments came when Capper went to pay the bill. I go to the motel owner and ask how much the room is. He recalls, he says, including tax, it's exactly $420. And now, almost 50 years after the Waldos were first handed the map, 420 has a life of its own, far away from San Rafael. It permeates many areas of pop culture, including music, TV shows, government bills, Craigslist ads, and even beer labels. Lagunitas Brewing in Petaluma, for example, has for years crafted a Waldos triple IPA in its namesake's honor. 
Brewers have even asked some of the Waldos to select hops for the beer based on which they believe smells the most like marijuana. The untapped ad has even developed a special game attached to the Lagunitas Beers check-in. The Waldo's legacy lives on, and we just get to participate on a slightly different scale than before, Lagunitas spokesperson Karen Hamilton tells SFGate. Who would have guessed that a few short years after making uh, Waldo's special ale for the first time, there would be states that have legalized marijuana and an entirely new shift in attitudes and thinking about it all around the country. But though the brewery uses 420 for a lighthearted specialty beer, there are some people that take the term very seriously, mentioning that they've heard from at least one PhD candidate who has based studies on the etymology and spread of the word. They note that some people have built careers around using the word. For most people, though, its word usage is just recreational. It's humorous. It's amusing, Capper says. For a large part of people, it's just fun. Oh, man. That was... I, I had no idea that the term originated um, in San Francisco or in San Rafael. Uh, it's a local term, 420. Today is 420. Boy, am I excited about that. I'm hosting the Brainwash first hour of Brainwash tonight, open mic, and I'm going to be giving nugs to everyone. Yes, everyone, if you want it. Um, so... They, did they find the weed? No, they didn't. But there's a picture here of the history of 420 Origins Breakthrough 2016 about the Waldos, etc., etc. They have a website called 420waldos.com. And it's all these guys that uh, went to high school together. Oh, they have a cool, they had a cool van. The Waldos are true people. The Waldos are unlike anything that has ever been presented in movies. The Waldos smoked cannabis, but they were not archetypical stoners. They were not Spicoli and Fast Times at Richmond High. They were not Cheech and Chong. They were not Seth Rogen, Jugget Apatow of gangs of lame and stupid stoner goofballs or loser misfits. Most depictions are of weed tokers being stupid, lethargic, slow, unmotivated, unfit and out of shape, slow talking, confused, and forgetful. Uh, Waldo Dave. <laughs> there's, there's these guys, these great pictures. The Waldos true people. Primarily different than any of the previous, the Waldos are not fictional, but true people. The Waldos were motivated, creative, active, driven, involved, aware, intelligent, fit, and educated. They were athletes, football, track, high diving, mountain cross country, mountain cross country running. One was a double honors accounting student in high school. Others were award-winning animation filmmakers and painters. Ironically, one was the son of the head NARC, Narcotics Enforcement of the San Francisco Police Department, which gave the Waldos a special knowledge of drug search and seizure laws, valuable knowledge in the 1970s. The Waldos were huge fans of clean-cut Johnny Carson, and they associated with the Grateful Dead, but were not deadheads. Well, there we go. The Waldos were most amusing in public. They loved to mess with strangers, subtly testing the limits of what you could do and say to people in the way of weirdness. And as comedic spies, always laughing at a stranger's response. Waldos never played blue or vulgarly, vulgar verbally. Unusually comedic vocalization sounds were created and dropped on unsuspecting strangers to trip them out. Oh, that's great. Um, I definitely don't try to trip people out. I am, you know, holding hiding I'm not I'm not hiding the weed usage but um definitely not trying to be too weird although you, you, 
doing real comedy. So, yeah, today is 420, and this is from ABC News. Thousands to puff for legal pot at San Francisco 420 party. Uh, This came out today on 420. Thousands of people will descend on San Francisco's Golden Gate Park to smoke pot at the annual 420 celebration in what may be the last year marijuana is illegal in California. Yay! Um, At 420, everybody smokes at Hippie Hill. I went there a couple years ago. We had a comedy show. It was really, really fun Uh, today. Not, I'm not doing that, unfortunately. I have a lot of errands to run <laughs> for the station, but um, I will be smoking pot uh, at the bus stop. Fans of the drug have long marked April 20th as a day to roll weed or munch on pot-laced brownies, especially at 4.20 p.m., and call for increased legal access to it. Crowds with, uh, crowds with gather in states with legal recreational pot and those where voters and lawmakers are considering it. In California, this year's unofficial pot holiday could be the last that users have to call for legalization, with an initiative expected on the November ballot. The drugs used for medical purposes got approved in 1996. Voters in Nevada, Arizona, Massachusetts are also expected to consider marijuana legalization measures. And the Vermont legislature is discussing a proposal to legalize the possession of up to an ounce. Yay! Recreational use is already legal in Colorado, Washington, Oregon, and Alaska. The 420 pot holiday, that some say has its roots in the San Francisco Bay Area, San Rafael, will bring more police, park rangers, and other officials this year to make sure it's safe for the 15,000 revelers expected to flood the park's hippie hill, Board of Supervisors President London Breed said. Because we, as a city, welcome folks from all over the world. We're doing everything possible within our capacity to keep the community as safe and clean as possible, Breed told the San Francisco Examiner. The unsanctioned events event costs the city between $80,000 and $100,000 per year because agencies are called in to help ensure safety, control heavy traffic, and collect trash. Crews have cleaned up more than five tons of trash in previous years, Breed said. That's crazy. The origins of the number 420 as a code for marijuana are murky. Some say 420 was once used by Southern California police to denote marijuana use, but we know it's from the Waldos. But others say that the number came with became a code in the 1970s among high school students in San Rafael, north of San Francisco, who used it as a meeting time to gather and smoke marijuana after school. Well, there we go. ABC News is covering it. I had no idea it cost between $80,000 and $100 to... Uh, clean up after these crazy pot smokers uh a couple of years ago there was a, a, a comedy show we just did on the hill we had a little amp or whatever and did comedy and uh the people who made the most money and cleaned up were the people that were selling lighters and uh blunt wraps so they were just selling lighters for like five bucks a piece and they were making bank and uh you know just stuff to roll with and not uh you know papers and stuff they were selling instead of the actual weed made killing all right so we are you know wondering what's going to be happening with the legalization of marijuana in 2016 and if it's going to be nationally legal or um if we're going to continue going state by state um 
I have a bunch of articles about that as well. This is from the New York Times. Governor Peter Schulman of Vermont, a Democrat, has supported the efforts to create a regulated market for recreational marijuana in the state of Vermont. Uh, marijuana legalization in New England is stalled by opiate crisis. Montpellier, Vermont, first came Colorado and Washington, then Alaska, Oregon, and Washington, D.C. Now, advocates for legal marijuana are looking to New England, hoping this part of the country will open a new front in their efforts to expand, expand legalization worldwide. But this largely liberal region is struggling with the devastating effects of opiate abuse, which is disrupting families, taxing law enforcement agencies, and taking lives. And many lawmakers and public officials are balking at the idea of legalizing a banned substance, citing potential social costs. The shadow of the heroin epidemic is something that people think about when they think about legalization. And they ask themselves, are we sending the right message about legalization? Said Shap Smith, the Speaker of the House in Vermont, who is open to legalizing marijuana. I think in the public's mind, it's making passage of this bill more difficult. A Vermont bill supported by Governor Peter Schulman, a Democrat, and approved by the state Senate in February, would create a regulated market for recreational marijuana in this deeply progressive state, the cradle of fish and New England's proud hippie haven. Fish, P-H-I-S-H, just, you know, the jam band. But the bill is hobbling through the House, where it was stripped this month of the parts that would allow legalization. As of Friday, it contains only a cautious provision to allow home-growing and legalized possession of small amounts of marijuana, well short of the regulated market that Mr. Shumlin has called for. Lawmakers' largest concerns are those that have emerged in state after state as legalization movement has taken off. Use and abuse by young people, impaired driving, and commercialization. But the opiate crisis, in which heroin, fentanyl, and other drugs have killed more than 2,000 people in New England in the last year, is a substantial stumbling block, complicating efforts throughout the region and figuring into anti-legalization political alliances. It's very sad, I, this is my personal commentary on this thus far, that there is any correlation between opiate use and smoking marijuana. Completely different. Uh, not a gateway drug. I mean, I'd, hey, I've taken fentanyl recreationally once and I hated it. I'll never be a heroin addict. I feel really good about that. But I smoke pot every day and I really don't think that there's a correlative between those two issues. Here's the back to the quote. At a time when we're trying and working so desperately hard to get help to the people who need it, telling young people not to do drugs, trying to eliminate some of the barriers to treatment and promote recovery, this effort at legalization seems to be directly at odds with those efforts, said Maura Healy, the attorney general in Massachusetts and a Democrat, who opposes an initiative that is expected to land on the ballot in November. It would allow adults to possess up to 10 ounces of marijuana at home permit edibles and create a regulated market hey great 10 ounces is a lot like i usually have about an ounce at home for my own personal use but 10 ounces that's a lot that's almost a pound 16 ounces in a pound that's over half a pound that's a lot um but then back to this we we say legalization of drugs so People can take pills, no problem. People can take Oxycontin. They can give them all kinds of drugs that are legal, but you can't smoke marijuana because it's some because 
because there's some stigma on it and because it's somehow labeled a hard drug when it's not. It's a plant. I mean, if somebody was scoring poppies and, you know, getting the resin and licking it, I wouldn't have a problem with that. And in fact, I mean, smoke heroin, whatever. But uh, I think it is way worse, way, 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 way worse than um, uh, than heroin is way worse than, than weed. And pills are way worse. I mean, absolutely terrible, terrible, terrible stuff. Uh, it's just sad for me. Advocates are using the heroin crisis as an argument in favor of legalization, saying that it would move the substance out of the hands of traffickers and that it would reduce the amount of interaction with hard drug dealers, period, said Matt Simon, the New England political director of the Marijuana Policy Project, a national organization working on legalization. National advocates of legalization hope that with New England, they find success in a new part of the country. One part of it is demonstrating quite powerfully that marijuana reform is not just a West Coast phenomenon, it is also an East Coast one, said Ethan Nadelman, the executive director of the Drug Policy Alliance. But the future of the Vermont bill is unclear. A bid to place a proposal on the ballot in Massachusetts is opposed by the state's most powerful politicians. A ballot question in Maine was held up by the security the Secretary of State, although it may have new life. And officials in Rhode Island are moving slowly, partly to see what happens to their fellow New Englanders. I think if there was any motion in any state in the Northeast, Rhode Island would take it up very quickly, said State Senator Joshua Miller, a sponsor of the bill that would, a bill there that would legalize marijuana. The heroin epidemic was at the center of debate in Massachusetts last week when coalition of state leaders, including Governor Charlie Baker, a Republican, and Speaker Robert A. DeLeo of the House, a Democrat, announced a campaign against the initiative. An analysis last month by WBUR, a public radio station in Boston, noted that all 85 marijuana-related ballot questions in Massachusetts history had passed, and public opinion could well favor legalization this time around, too. But in a statement, Mr. Baker argued that legalization would threaten to reverse progress combating the growing opioid epidemic so this industry can take millions in profits. The coalition also has the support of Mayor... Martin J. Walsh of Boston, a recovering alcoholic who is widely admired for his outspokenness about substance abuse. It's definitely a personal issue, Mr. Walsh said in an interview. I have too many people that I know that have started their addiction road by smoking marijuana. Uh, Marijuana is not like alcohol. Uh, It's definitely a personal issue, Mr. Walsh said in an interview. I, oh. Road addiction. The campaign to regulate marijuana like alcohol responded on Friday by highlighting Mr. Baker's and Mr. Walsh's support of policies that would loosen liquor regulations. Although graphic, a graphic of the men with a speech bubble saying "Drink more alcohol" was criticized as insensitive to Mr. Walsh, the group. The group said opponents of legalization were unfairly conflating heroin and marijuana. Absolutely. There is no more evidence that using marijuana leads to heroin than there is that riding a tricycle leads to joining the Hell's Angels. Jim Borghegansi, the campaign's communications director, said in a statement, in states that have legalized marijuana, voters, not lawmakers, made the decision. 
That could become the case in Maine, which has the libertarian streak and began decriminalizing marijuana decades ago. A proposed ballot initiative there was halted when the Secretary of State invalidated thousands of signatures and was recently granted a new review. If that initiative makes the ballot, I think they've probably got a relatively good chance of passage, said Mark Brewer, a political scientist from the University of Maine. Health officials in that state are considering whether to make opiate addiction a qualifying condition for the use of medical marijuana. On Tuesday, Maine's Department of Health and Human Services heard testimony from advocates who said marijuana could help treat opiate withdrawal and some from experts who disagreed. uh, Vermont does not have a referendum process and has made the state a test case for legislative approval. Mr. Shumlin, who in his final term said that carefully constructed bill legalizing marijuana could help raise tax dollars that could be used to combat substance abuse and improve public safety. If Vermont really is the first state that writes a cautious, sensible bill that's adopted through a legislative process and signed by a governor, that would be a big deal, Mr. Shumlin said in an interview. It would be a big step forward for legalization. Many law enforcement officials are opposed. All assets, whether it be rehabilitation, medical law enforcement, we should be focusing our assets on opiate addiction, said George Merkel, the police chief in the Virgin, Virginis and the president of the Vermont Police Association. That's the reason not to legalize marijuana, because it's going to make things even worse. Not true. Boo. Boo. The the bill advanced on Friday by the House Ways and Means Committee in Vermont, and it would create permits for residents to grow marijuana for personal use, but it would not legalize the sale of the drug. In a statement, Mr. Shumlin welcomed the development. The committee's action today takes a step towards addressing the nonsensical system that asks that one in eight Vermonters who admit to using marijuana on a monthly basis buy it from a drug dealer, he said. Thank you, New York Times. Thank you, New York Times, for talking about Vermont. So, I mean, we're trying to legalize, legalize, legalize it. Um, We have more coming. Uh, I just got a text from LaToya, the sheriff of Truth Wind. She's trying to give us a call. We're going to wait for that call and um, let you guys know. It's 420 today. You're listening to the AltaCast. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, hanging out. Uh, it's 420, which means you're probably going to get the munchies. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Well, if you're in San Francisco, there's a lot of great options that are super cheap. Uh, today, I'm going to be frequenting my favorite taco shop. Um, there's two of them, actually, that do $1.50 tacos between 3 and 5 p.m. in the Mission. One is Pancho Villa on 16th Street, right before you get to Valencia. Uh, they have $1.50 tacos. Uh, they do not have free chips, but that's okay. They have a great, great salsa bar. Um, but $1.50 tacos, and if you go up the street, and they have 10 different meats to choose from. If you go up the street to 17th and Valencia, El Toro, $1.50 tacos, and you get free trips, free chips. Their uh, salsa bar is not as extensive as the one at Pancho Villa, but still delicious and excellent, wonderful salsas for your chips and your $1.50 tacos. Uh, I usually get the uh, carne asada and the carnitas. It's so crispy. I love it. Uh, that's one of my super tips for 420. So between 3 and 5. So at 420, you guys should go 
get some dollar fifty tacos because you're gonna be hungry. Uh, another great place to go in the mission is at the Duck Loy Supermarket on 18th and Mission. They have amazing. They have an amazing fried chicken banh mi. It is six dollars. It is incredible. Super crispy, all the things that you want with a banh mi, really fresh, delicious bread. Um, they put this weird pate spread on it, and uh, instead of mayonnaise, and the, cilant- the cilantro, and the, so good, the little pic- pickled carrots, and the daikon, all that stuff. Six bucks. If you get the fried fish version, also delicious, it's $8, and it's amazing. So, duck loy, super great. Uh, if you're in the tenderloin, definitely go to Saigon Sandwich, uh, right next to... Uh, Emperor Norton's Booze Land, also known as the Bender Loin. Uh, Bender's owners have that particular bar on lockdown. Uh, a great bar. They actually open at noon and have happy hour until 7, noon to 7 at Booze Land. So walk up the street, get yourself a Saigon sandwich for $3.75, and uh, get yourself a $4 delicious IPA uh, down the street right there on Larkin at Emperor Norton's Boozland. Those are some of my super happy hour treats. If you're also, if you're in the mission and you're looking for something super delicious, try uh, across the street. Uh, Across the street from Duck Loy is a wonderful place, Burmese food called Yamo. And for $6.25, you can get a plate full of food. It is so big. I recommend the black bean fish and also the number 17, which is the beef noodles. Super amazing, super great deals. Um, those are some of my favorite spots in the mission uh, and, and, and around surrounding areas. So when you have to get your munchies on. Uh, there's, there's even more. Let's see what, what they say. That's what I say, but what do they say? When I say they, I mean, uh, you know, places. And uh, This is from Thrill List San Francisco, 24 San Francisco spots to satisfy the munchies on 420. Today is 420, a high holiday for many San Franciscans. If you're planning to celebrate, keep this list of munchie-friendly spots close by, along with a lighter and possibly some rolling papers and probably a grinder. Okay, maybe a scale. And a business card and scissors, depending. All right, the first picture. The American Grilled Cheese Ch- Kitchen. It is right down the street from uh, here at the station. It's on 20th and Harrison. Uh, delicious grilled cheese. Apparently, people who enjoy grilled cheese have more sex, which means everyone in the world is having more sex. Uh, we have a phone call. Mutiny radio. Hey, let me put you on. Hold on. Let me put you on. All right, there we go. Oh, there's a terrible buzz on it. How annoying. Hey, LaToya, how you doing? Hey, I am stuck at the airport. How's your brother? I'm not going anywhere. Oh, no. So his plane was delayed? Yes. Bummer. I know the yeah. drinks there are so expensive. Yeah, it's pretty fucking stupid. This is not the way I wanted to start my 420. Oh, baby. I know, and then now you're already in the you're in the airport, so you can't get out to go no. smoke. Because <laughs> you, you, did you already go through, like, did you go through security, or are you just hanging out? Well, no, well, I'm waiting for him. So uh, I didn't go through security and stuff. I didn't want to do all that. Right. But it's nice people watching and wishing that I was going someplace. Right. Uh, so... 
Did you? Did, I didn't know you had a car. You drove. No, uh, my boyfriend did. Uh, so he's waiting along with me. He's like just walking around. Gotcha. And I'm just sitting. Just sitting. Uh, so your brother's in town. I saw some pictures of your brother on Facebook. He's pretty hot. Yes, yes. I remember you did say that. I, yeah, so he's coming in town. He wanted to celebrate 420. Awesome. How old, how old so, is your brother? He is 27. Oh, wow. He, yeah. is, he is a young, so, young man. He's a youngster. How long is he so, staying for? Um, he's going to be here till Saturday. Rad. So you guys going to get his first time in Cali. Oh, wow. Is he a big Warriors fan? Does he, does he care? I don't think he's going to, he here to watch some basketball. (laughs) No, no, no basketball. No Steph Curry. So, but other than that, you know, people watching. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have any, um, I was today since it is 420, I've been reading some legalization, um, information and what we're doing with that and then also where the where the 420 number came from all that stuff but then right now i'm talking about um delicious places to get your munchie on where do you have a cheap place to get your munchie on when you're super high one of your favorite things oh man yeah so like let's see where do i like you know what i like you know cheese like cheese is really good for munchies yeah like my whole plan is to make like a meat and cheese plate and Ooh. set the park and smoke. Yeah, awesome. So I don't really have much of a place, but I usually like cook stuff when I get really hot. Gotcha. Like crab legs. Ooh. And <laughs> Gourmet uh, shit. Whoa. Yeah, I'm one of those fancy people. Yeah. My favorite thing to eat when I'm super high is carne asada fries. So Ooh, that sounds good. Basically, you just, you, it's like nachos, but you do it on french fries. Oh, that sounds dope. Do you make those from scratch? Or is there a place that I need to go well, to? Well, the, the place that I always got them it was in San Diego. Um, but I actually, the only place to get them now is at uh, the brainwash because and you have to ask them you have to say I want nachos substitute fries for the chips because then they put but the place in San Diego I used to get them they were amazing and they put two kinds of cheese nacho cheese and regular cheese on top of the beans and the carne asada on top of the fries and the trick is that when you get them you flip it upside down so the fries stay crispy and all the gooey stuff's at the bottom Shut the fuck up. I know. I need to make some of those. So I don't I have think a deep I've fryer. ever had carne asada fries. That's yeah. Really good. Yeah. It's... I would totally feel like a fat ass afterwards. Absolutely. But... That's 420. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to, to, to get it going today. Are you doing anything special on this magical green day? Um, well, I'm picking up the new sub mixer for the station at um, <laughs> at Guitar Center after uh, after this. And then um, I'm, I'm hosting the first hour at the Brainwash tonight. Oh, sweet. And then I'm at the Black Horse tonight doing comedy, Brandon Stokes' room, um, off a of union. So just, just a little comedy. I, I mean, but nothing, nothing like super. I would totally go to Hippie Hill. I just, we just read a um, article where they, they said that um, they have all this extra police uh, and cleanup crews, and it costs between eighty thousand and a hundred thousand dollars a year. And that last year they picked up five tons of trash after wow. the 420 celebration at Hippie Hill. See that—that's not cool. No, it's not cool. That's not—that's not cool. Five yeah, tons of trash. Going there today, and I don't think that's cool. But see, this is why we don't like hippies. Right. They—they're hypocrites. 
Yeah, right? The hippies, they just throw their shit wherever they want. Oh, let's all get high and just throw my trash. Um, if I have any... Uh, what you, sh- you should buy a bunch of lighters because you can make a killing. You can sell lighters for like five bucks a piece. That's make a profit. Make a profit. Absolutely. <laughs> off the hippies. Off the... Jack- Jack it up San Francisco style prices. Absolutely. Well, I would totally go out there, but, um, you know, just too many errands to run. But I am going to be high all day. I'm going to uh, take a break here in a minute, play some music, and uh, and and go out and, and smoke some of the ganj. Uh, well, hey, I'd love to meet your brother this week. Um, oh, you will. You most definitely. I would like to get out of this damn fucking place called an airport absolutely with 17 dollar drinks well i'll uh, bring him by happy hour on uh or pamtastics on friday we, we can oh, I will. we can have a good Most time definitely. well uh good luck picking <laughs> him up and Sorry, I'm not there. no 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 hey girl it's all good it is um thank you so much for calling in you're the best uh, i can't wait to meet your brother i promise i will not hit on him I don't uh care. okay <laughs> I'm like, he, hey, by the way, I hope your insides are feeling much better. Thank you. Well, I didn't drink for a week. So that actually, uh, I think, really sort of healed things up quite a bit. Was, um, yeah, excessive. That's the other thing is that they keep, they were, I just read an article that Vermont says, oh, well, we shouldn't legalize marijuana because, you know, we have such an opiate addiction problem. And, uh, you know, that you're promoting alcohol oh and God. and marijuana and it's like you know what no, you, your guys are being crazy and marijuana are two different things totally different things i don't think one even it, it the the example they used was that um the correlation is like saying that learning how to ride a tricycle will make you want to be in the hell's angels <laughs> <laughs> i mean wow, it's ridiculous people are, dumb. people are dumb i know We're well horrible, you're not horrible excuse and thank you for calling in and say hi to your brother for me. And uh, I, will. I will see you soon. You'll see us in a couple of days. Okay, you're the best. Happy 420. Happy 420. Yay, bye. bye. Happy 420 from LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth. Yes. Her brother's coming into town. They're going to smoke pot and have good times. All right, places to eat. The American Grilled Cheese Kitchen. Delicious. Expensive, though. $10. $10 grilled cheese sandwiches. Uh, number two, El Ferrolito. Great, great place. Uh, don't get rice in the burritos. It's just filler. Uh, the other cool thing about um, Ferrolito is that you can get two different kinds of meat. No problem. You can get car- you can get carne asada and chorizo. Delicious. Uh, next, bacon, bacon. They have bacon, 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 porky fries, bacon, 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 bacon. So Bacon Bacon is in Ashbury Heights. Uh, the next place for 420 Munchies is Super Duper Burgers. There's one in the Castro, there's one downtown, and there's one in the Marina. Uh, Super Duper Rhymes. <laughs> and they have delicious burgers. Uh, next, Fog City in the Embarcadero. Pastry chefs. Mmm. Donuts. Uh, next, Taco-licious. The Marina, North Beach, and The Mission. Bring a group of friends and get 10 tacos for 40 bucks. Ugh, that's not that great of a deal. That's $4 tacos. Don't go there. Go to, <laughs> for between 3 and 5 and get your, Or, if you want really, really great street tacos, go to uh, Taqueria Vallarta on 24th Street and treat. Treat in 24th. So, 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 so good. They also have a location on 16th and Mission. 
Uh, street tacos, so 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 good, uh, and I think they're two fifty a piece. Buy right creamery, expensive though. I don't necessarily agree with all this. Soul groove in the tenderloin, fried chicken, waffles, mac and cheese that you could totally combine. It actually looks really good. That's in my, uh, that's in my neighborhood. Tartine bakery and cafe, super expensive, but if you're gonna go there. Just know that all of their croissants have real butter in them, and it's they're amazing. So definitely go for the ham and cheese a croissant. It's delicious. Uh, wings, wing, wing wings in the lower hate. You can get 25 wings for 25 bucks. Or, you, dude, you can get 100 wings for 100 bucks, and they look like big, big wings. So their wings are a dollar a piece. Oh, frites in the mission uh, on Valencia. Belgian fries. And, uh, wow, they have this truffle mayonnaise that is out of this world. Dynamo donut and coffee in the mission or in the marina. Donuts. Monk's kettle. Uh, Monk's kettle is open till 1 a.m., which means you can get your late-night munchies and you don't have to settle for Doritos. Uh, They have a homemade uh, uh, pretzel that looks pretty delicious. The chairman, chairman, bow. Uh, Amazing. Uh pork buns uh so that's in the tenderloin you can stop by there boxing room in hayes valley you'll spend about as much time eating fried alligator as you will trying to figure out how they fried an alligator alligator's really good it tastes like large pieces of shrimp el porteño in the embarcadero empanadas but they're like seven dollar empanadas mission bowling club my friend great comedian mary bushy works there uh, fried chicken and ranch. Oh, foreign cinema. They make their own Pop-Tarts. And uh, Rosa Monday, that's on 24th Street. That place is really great. Una Pizza Napoletana. Uh, really, really great wood-fired pizza. Marina Submarine in Cow Hollow. They're so big, you're only going to be able to eat half of it. Yank Sing in the Embarcadero. Yes, all of the dim sum, please. Oh, Show Dogs. You know, and Show Dogs is on market, and they have delicious hot dogs, and they also do tacos on Tuesdays. Um, there you go. Uh, so pretty much everything is in the the American Grilled Cheese Kitchen is uh, really delicious. El Farolito on Mission Bacon Bacon on Frederick Street. Super duper on market. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, don't cry a river. Definitely eat some delicious foods today in SF. Uh, this is another one they said we're a great place to get munchies, and I am going to agree with most of their their things. Uh, and it's also for late night dining. So tonight, when you guys are hungry, and uh, the 15 best places for late night dining, number one. Buster's in North Beach uh, is great when you're drunk. Gets an 8.6. Crepes a go-go. That is on 11th Street between Folsom and Harrison. Uh, Taqueria Vallarta, I had mentioned them. Uh, Absolutely, on 24th. And really, really great tacos. Um... It says $1.50 steak or chicken tacos. It's not true anymore. Um, they're $2.50 now. Coco Bang. I've never heard of that. On Taylor Street at Post. It's in my neighborhood. It's Korean. All right. And they're open late. 
Uh, Bob's Donuts open 24 hours, blah, blah, blah. They're great. They're on post, whatever. Or Polk, excuse me. Um, Grub Steak. Oh, that place is awesome. They're open until 4 a.m. And they're on Pine. And if you want to get a burger late night, they're, they're really great. Uh, RNL Pizza on Valencia. They are open super late as well. Uh, across the street from my house in the Tenderloin, uh, Milan Pizza is open until 3 a.m. all the time. Pinecrest Diner at Geary, that's right in my neighborhood too. Uh, they have really late night, but they're kind of expensive. Ooh, Ryoko's Japanese Restaurant and Bar on Taylor Street at Cosmo Place. Ooh, they're open until 2 a.m. Golden Boy Pizza, that place is amazing in North Beach. Um... $3 ice cream sandwiches at Cream. El Farolito open till 2. And those are your late night dining choices. Yeah. If you're uh, going to be super, super high tonight. Super high me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually get out of here, I think, pretty early today. And go get high, guys, because it's 420. All right. SF's 30 best cheap eats spots and what to order. Uh, We don't know about you, but we're not sure we can handle another SF, the most expensive city in the world headline. We get it. San Francisco is an awfully pricey place to live these days. What with the $15 cocktails, $40 Uber rides, and yeah, the rent. But helping us ease the financial pain is a magnificent selection of delicious, affordable eats ahead, all of which are less than $10. And they can be found everywhere from unostentatious markets to some of the top restaurants in town. From tacos to toast to these 30 ways to indulge will leave you both full, both your stomach and your wallet feeling full. Here we go. We're looking for we're looking for the we're looking for the thing here and it's not uh, you guys are listening to the AltaCast here at Mutiny Radio. Come down and visit me. 2781 21st Street. I hope that you guys also um, come every Friday to Pimtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Uh, we do a lot of open mics here at the station. This week we have the zoo on Thursday at 8 o'clock. Uh, Friday at 6 we have the happy hour open mic. And at 8 o'clock, we have Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. I'm going to be going out of town this weekend to the wonderful uh, 420 party up in Santa Rosa. So I won't be here this weekend. But uh, I'm excited about today's 420 and the rest of the week and all the great things happening here at MutinyRadio.fm. Okay. Balompi Cafe. What to order? Queso y frijoles papusa. The only thing better than a fresh slapped griddle fried masa is a fresh slapped griddle fried masa filled with melted cheese and velvety refried beans. At Balompe, the papusas are deftly shaped and filled by the hands of masters. The cheese is molten, and the accompanying cabbage slaw is perfect vinegary pairing. You can't go wrong with the filling combinations, but we love the pure simplicity of beans and cheese. Uh, they actually, I think it costs two seventy-five a piece. They're really amazing. Um, you can actually go across the street from Mutiny Radio here at Doña Terrace, and she has pupusas for two fifty, and they are amazing. Um, the spot is oh, this is another great one in the Mission Forty Five Oh Five Burgers and Barbecue. 
on Divisadero Street at Grove Street. The best damn grass-fed cheeseburger. With a name like that, you'd better bet this is the greatness in burger form. 4505 delivers rich grass-fed beef patty topped with Gruyere cheese and served on a buttery, crisp sesame and scallion-topped bun. It manages to perfectly walk walk the fine line between top quality ingredients and down-home diner-esque comfort food and don't get me started on the secret sauce you can even add bacon or avocado and still come in under the ten dollar mark 750 to visadero street Ooh, here's the next one devil's teeth baking company get the special breakfast sandwich there are breakfast special sandwiches that are hastily assembled and simply mean to give you energy for the day ahead and then there are breakfast sandwiches that take on a bigger almost divine purpose they don't just start your day they make it the humongous biscuit topped versions from devil's teeth do this admirably the bacon and egg and cheese original is tops but we've been feeling the special it features some flaky buttery biscuit topped with fluffy scrambled eggs plus thick smoked bacon, pepper jack cheese, avocado, and lemon garlic aioli. It's going to be a beautiful day. Noriega Street between 45th and 46th. Ugh, too far for me to go. Uh, Arguello Market. A big, delicious-looking sandwich. Uh, they're the duck loy bon mi. Uh, that's so funny that they said that because I, I agree with that. I agree with that very much. Um... Here's a good one. I would. This is Eddie's Cafe. You order the special combo. It's at 800 Divisadero Street at Fulton. We couldn't design a better neighborhood diner than Eddie's, even if we tried. From the smiling staff to the mismatched coffee mugs, Eddie's is guaranteed to cure what ails you and promptly enough to allow you to climb back into bed after. Really, go for it with a special combination. One egg, two pancakes, and two strips of bacon. Feel free to add hash browns if you're feisty. Uh, you know what? The, the best one of the best places that's a diner is called uh, the New Village Cafe, and it is on Post. And comedian Chris Knatzer has a show there all the time. They do great chicken and waffles there. Golden Boy Pizza, we've heard about that before. Casa, Casa Indian Eatery, get the Katie roll. Flavor-packed Katie rolls from Casa Indian Eatery. Uh, could be considered quaint. Fresh griddled roti is dolloped with your choice of filling, raising from lamb curry to aloo gobi, uh, and under ten bucks. Not, you know, not the, not the, uh, not the crazy big uh, deal that I was thinking about. But hot sauce and panko, the wings and waffle special. How do you like chicken wings? Tossed with lime and caramelized fish sauce, or smoky with chipotle and pesto avocado crema. We don't even care if you flavor them as long as they're the juicy, crisp specimens from hot sauce and panko. Even better is their wings and waffle special, which include half a dozen wings and an airy, buttery Belgian waffle for any day enjoyment. That's on Clement Street. I'm definitely going to go there. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh, so definitely eat crazy food today, you guys. And uh, yeah, I'm hungry just thinking about it. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, let's get back to some of our marijuana legalization now that I'm super hungry. Um, at least 20 states could vote on marijuana legalization in 2016. 2016 might be the year that shatters marijuana prohibition. Marijuana initiatives are sweeping across the nation this year, and already 20 states report marijuana legalization ballot measures on the November 2016 ballots, as reported by the SF Gate. That means that 
20 or more states could legalize medical or recreational marijuana this year. If so, they'd be joining 35 states that have already legalized some form of recreational or medical marijuana. According to Ballotopedia, the Encyclopedia of American Politics, activists have submitted ballot measures for public vote in Arizona, Arkansas, California, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Maine, Massachusetts, Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, New Mexico, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Utah, Washington, and Wyoming. Wow, yeah, Utah, go for it. I mean... Right? Adult recreational marijuana consumption is already legal in Washington, Colorado, Alaska, Oregon, and the District of Columbia. This will be the first year recreational marijuana legalization efforts take hold on the East Coast. Up until now, most of the action has been on the West Coast, aside from D.C. New England is leading the way on marijuana legalization in 2016, with Connecticut, Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Vermont all pushing ballot measures this November, according to Johnny Green of the Weed Blog. California, Nevada, Arizona, and Maine are among the states with the best chances of legalizing recreational marijuana in 2016, as reported by Medical Marijuana Incorporated. A 2015 Gallup poll found 58% of Americans support legalizing marijuana. It was the third consecutive year a majority of Americans said they supported legalization. There is still powerful opposition to legalization in many places across the country, to be sure. But 2016 could very well be the year that marijuana prohibition begins crumbling to the ground. Top six industries fighting legal marijuana. Pharmaceutical corporations. Surprise, surprise. Are you surprised? I'm not surprised. Duh. Pharmaceutical corporations are lobbying aggressively against marijuana prohibition because they stand to lose a lot of money. If people start replacing their pills with pot, according to Vice, duh. Yeah, they don't want us to be able to grow our own medicine. Of course not. Drug manufacturers gave nearly $21.8 million to various federal candidates and committees, as well as the parties in the 2012 elections. And in 2013 alone, PHRMA spent, Big Pharma, spent nearly $18 million on lobbying, according to Open Secrets. Alcohol and beer companies, liquor companies, are actively opposed marijuana legalization because they don't want the competition for Americans' recreational leisure spending. Our vices don't want competition, briefly explains. Private prison industries. Fewer people in prison for marijuana crimes equates to fewer bodies in private prisons. Corporate corporations incarcerate you for profit. Corrections Corporation of America and GEO, two of the country's largest private pr- prison operators, fiercely lobby against policies that could reduce incarceration rates, according to Open Secrets. Prison guard unions. Marijuana legalization would mean less people in jail and fewer correctional officers would be needed. Prison guard unions. The American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees, AFSCME, represents many prison guards and actively lobbies against legalization. Police unions. Police unions donate to anti-pot efforts because the war on drugs is directly related to police funding. Legalization would not disrupt federal awards to police departments, $2.4 billion in 2014. Uh, would not only disrupt federal awards to police departments, $2.4 billion in 2014, it would also drastically reduce marijuana-related asset forfeiture gains for the police departments, according to The Nation. 
tobacco industry. We are in the business of relaxing people who are tense and providing a pickup for those who are bored or depressed, according to an unsigned memorandum distributed to Philip Mormis executives in 1970. The human needs that our product fills will not go away. Thus, the only real threat to our business is that society will find other means of satisfying those needs. Tobacco companies are somewhat unique in this group because there may be some crossover opportunities in the cannabis industry. Some speculate tobacco is now positioning itself to profit off marijuana's inevitable legalization, according to NBC News. Duh. Um, I believe that Marlboro's had the packaging ready for... um, uh, They've had the publishing... They've had the all the packaging forever, like. Uh, now my computer box is being sad. Do, do, do. You guys are listening to Kobe here on the AltaCast. I'm your host Pam Benjamin. Here's where each presidential candidate stands on marijuana legalization. Uh. The marijuana legalization movement has won a string of successes in the last five years, and they could be about to put another feather in their cap, a pro-marijuana president. Marijuana decriminalization is no longer a partisan issue, with reformers and advocates for the status quo on both sides of the aisle. As the conventions draw nearer, all the candidates' stances on marijuana will come into further scrutiny. Senator Bernie Sanders, self-declared socialist and Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders supports marijuana decriminalization and the use of medical marijuana. Another reason to love Bernie Sanders. (sighs) I'm a socialist too. And I smoke pot. Sanders believes that possession of small amounts of cannabis should become a civil, not a criminal offense, subject to merely a fine. He is also willing to let the states chart their own path to marijuana reform. What the federal government can do is say to the state of Colorado that if you choose to vote to legalize marijuana, we'll allow you to do that without restrictions, Sanders said speaking on public access TV. He added that further examination on the pluses and minuses, of which there are both, would be needed before moving more aggressively on the reform front. Sanders has become more vocal about the way the war on drugs has been conducted, particularly the disproportionate impact on black Americans, and voiced his support for legalization of marijuana in Nevada that will be put to the ballot in November. Could you imagine going to um, Vegas and being able to buy weed? So cool. Uh, At the tail end of 2015, Sanders proposed legislation that would remove marijuana from the federal drug schedules. Yay! Allowing states to regulate cannabis simply, similarly to how they are allowed to regulate alcohol. The Marijuana Policy Policy Project, MPP, a pro-legalization, has graded all the candidates on their marijuana positions and awarded Sanders an A grade. Good job, Sanders. Hillary Clinton! Clinton's position on marijuana has been unclear at times. Her campaign also refused to accept a donation from the national cannabis industry. (gasps) She takes money from everybody and she won't take it from the national cannabis industry. She has expressed limited support for medical marijuana. I think for people who are in extreme medical conditions and have anecdotal evidence that it works, there should be availability under appropriate circumstances, she told a CNN town hall event. Clinton's approach has broadly been state-based, leaving the results of decriminalization and legalization to the state level before taking a definitive position. 
She pleased marijuana advocates on September 14th, 2015, saying she would not look to reverse decisions made by states and cities to legalize. The former Secretary of State came out in November 2015 in support of reclassifying marijuana from a Schedule 1 to a Schedule 2 and said she is concerned about overcriminalization. Get it out of a Schedule 1, please. Please. It is nowhere near as insane as heroin and cocaine and acid or whatever, you know. Jesus. MPP awarded Clinton a B grade, which will confuse some observers of the marijuana debate given what MPP has said about Clinton in the past. Hillary is probably the worst of the bunch on marijuana reform, and even she has said states should be laboratories of democracy when it comes to legalization, said the director of federal policies at the MPP, Dan Rifle, speaking to The Hill. Donald Trump we're losing badly the war on drugs. You have to legalize drugs to win that war. You have to take the profit away from these drug czars, Trump declared in 1990. His views have changed over the past quarter century, emphasizing the role of states in marijuana reform and backing away from total legalization. I think medical should happen, right? Don't we agree? I think so. And when I believe we should leave it up to the states, Trump said, uh, Trump told Nevada, uh, in 2015, but the Republican frontrunner <laughs> disapproves of Colorado model legalizing marijuana for recreational use. MPP gave tr- Trump a C plus. Governor John Kasich. Governor Kasich is staunchly opposed to marijuana use and legalization, but has left the door open to medical marijuana. Kasich was one of the leading voices opposing issue three, which would have legalized marijuana in Ohio. Kasich has not said he would take any action against the states that have already legalized cannabis. The people in those states have voted that way. The federal government has decided to kind of look the other way. I feel very strongly in my state. I'm going to oppose. And they're going to put something on the ballot to legalize. And they're going to put something on the ballot to legalize drugs. I'm totally opposed to it because it's a scourge in this country. Kasich told Hugh Hewitt show in April 2015. MPP handed Kasich a C-minus grade. Senator Ted Cruz. If a presidential candidate endorsed the legalization of marijuana, would you be more or less likely to support that candidate? I say more likely. Let's see what everyone else said in the world. You guys are listening to the AltaCast as we're talking about uh, what has been uh, going on here in the medical marijuana industry. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz is opposed to legalization, but has held firm states have the right to decide for themselves uh, and how they tackle this issue. If the citizens of Colorado decide they want to go down that road, it's their prerogative, Cruz told Fox News' Sean Hannity at the end of 2015. He has, however, attacked President Obama in the past for failing to enforce federal marijuana laws that have voted for legalization. MPP decided to give Cruz a C grade. Okay, so Bernie Sanders is the man. Uh, I think we already knew that. And uh, I'm scared about Hillary. I gotta be honest. All right, so what is um, what is the legalization thing? This is uh, HR 1013, the 114th Congress, shown here, uh, introduced in the House on 22-20-2015. Uh, Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol Act. 
directs the Attorney General to issue a final order that removes marijuana in any form from all schedules of controlled substances under the Controlled Substances Act. H.R. 1013. H.R. 1013. Yay! H.R. 1013. Directs the Attorney General to issue a final order that removes marijuana in any form from all schedules of controlled substances under the Controlled Substance Act. No more Schedule 1. Oh my gosh. Who's going to get let out of jail? It's great. Uh, Amends such act to, one, provide that Schedule 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 shall consist of the drugs and other substances that are set forth in their respective schedules in Part 1308 of Title 21 of the Code of Federal Regulations. Two, exempt marijuana from such act, except as provided in this act. Three, revise the definition of felony drug offense to exclude conduct relating to marijuana. And four, eliminate marijuana from provisions setting forth penalties applicable to prohibited conduct under such act. Prohibits shipping or transporting marijuana from any place outside jurisdiction of the United States into a jurisdiction in which its possession, use, or sale is prohibited. Ooh, so we could send from state to state. That's exciting, just not out of the country. Eliminates marijuana as one controlled substance for purposes of the Controlled Substances Import and Export Act for the National Forest System Drug Control Act of 1986. Two, a dangerous drug for purposes of federal criminal code provisions authorizing interception of communications. And three, a targeted drug for purposes of provisions of the National Youth Anti-Drug Media Campaign under the Office of National Drug Control Policy Reauthorization Act 1998 amends the Federal Alcohol Administration Act, set forth procedures for the insurance and revocation by the Secretary of the Treasury of permits for importing, shipping, or selling in interstate or foreign commerce, purchasing for resale, producing, packaging, or warehousing marijuana, prohibits any person from engaging in such conduct without a permit subject to a $1,000 fine or $500 payment, sets forth criteria for ineligible applicants and disqualifying offenses. Subjects marijuana to the provisions that apply to, one, intoxicating liquors under the Original Packages Act, the Webb Kenyon Act, the Victims of Trafficking and Violence Protection Act of 2000, and two, distilled spirits under the Federal Alcohol Administration Act. Grants the Food and Drug Administration the same authorities with respect to marijuana as it has for alcohol. Transfers functions of the Administrator of the Drug Enforcement Administration relating to marijuana enforcement to the Director of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, ATF. Renames, one, ATF as the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Marijuana, Firearms, and Explosives, and two, the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau as the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Marijuana Tax and Trade Bureau directs the controller, Comptroller General to review federal laws, regulations, and policies to determine if changes are desirable in light of this act. Oh, boy, boy do I want this. H.R. 1013. H.R. 1013. Regulate marijuana like alcohol. Can't wait. Can't wait. Congress.gov. Thank you for this information. You guys are listening to the AltaCast. Uh, one more. Uh, it's 420. We're talking about legalization of marijuana and also delicious things to eat here in San Francisco and beyond. God, I want a fish taco. I want a fish taco so badly. I want to, I want a like deep Baja Mexico fish taco with a habanero 
Salsa. Oh, I want it so badly. Also want to smoke a fat J. Gonna do that right after the AltaCast here. Thank you guys for listening to MutinyRadio.fm. We have a lot of great shows here at the station, and I hope that you listen to all of them. Not just the four that I run. <laughs> uh, give us money. Uh, or weed. That's fine. Uh, if you come tonight to the uh, Brainwash Cafe that I'll be hosting the first hour, I'm, I'm, I'm giving away marijuana. Why? Because I like you. That's why. And it's 420. Marijuana legalization. Could 2016 be the year federal law derails the cannabis movement? Denver. Two years into Colorado's experiment with legalized cannabis, marijuana has become a bit passe. Marijuana stores have lost their novelty, and no one remarks anymore when there's a telltale aroma in the air. People puff on portable vaporizers everywhere you look, in bars, on the sidewalk, or while stuck in traffic on the way home from work. It's impossible to know whether they're inhaling tobacco or cannabis, nor does it matter legally. Decades of social stigma have evaporated. All signs indicate legal marijuana is here to stay. But several developments over the past few weeks suggest that legalization might not be as stable and permanent as it seems. Last week, a federal judge dismissed a lawsuit that aimed to help launch the world's first marijuana credit union. Oh, that'd be rad. The ruling came on the heels of a settlement of racketeering lawsuit that could be among the first of many to plague cannabis businesses and a post office threat to forbid all marijuana advertising from going through the mail. All three events are reminders that marijuana markets around the country are built on shaky ground, and 2016 could be the year that these precarious agreements show even more signs of wear, or even in some cases come tumbling down. That's because the seemingly unstoppable force that is the marijuana legalization crusade is finally hitting the immovable object that is federal law. While lawmakers and business stakeholders have proven adept at creatively building state-by-state marijuana regulations and industries where none before existed, as recent events make clear, there is only so far they can go before running headfirst into the fact that According to the U.S. Controlled Substances Act, the product at the center of this action is still 100% illegal. The thing I always tell people is federally illegality. Federal illegality hangs over everything in the industry, said Sam Kamen, a professor specializing in marijuana law at the University of Denver. There is this cloud that hangs over the industry, and occasionally it rains. Right now, those storm clouds appear to be gathering on the horizon. Will it be enough for officials at the federal level to clarify marijuana's precarious legal standing once and for all? Or is the industry bound to be beset by more tempests and turmoils in the year ahead? Post office woes and courtroom battles. The problems began in late November when the U.S. Postal Service in Portland, Oregon, issued a memo announcing that all materials with marijuana advertises were non-mailable because of a federal law. That spelled trouble for the many periodicals that have come to rely on marijuana advertising revenue and the use of mail to reach many of their subscribers. In December, Thomas J. Marshall, general counsel for the USPS, clarified matters by issuing a new nationwide policy noting that while advertisements for the sale of marijuana are non-mailable, the post office employees can do about it All employees can do about it is warn people about the rules and let law enforcement know about instances where the law isn't being followed. Postal workers can't actually stop such materials from being mailed, noted Marshall. Postmasters and managers of business mail entry are not permitted to deny such entry in such matters or exclude it from the mail. Uh, 
So as we've spoken before, there are four states that have legalized medical, legalized marijuana for recreational use, being Colorado, Oregon, Washington, and uh, Alaska. Uh, and there are the states that have uh, medical marijuana legalized are California, Nevada, Arizona, uh, New Mexico, Montana, that look Michigan. Uh, is that Illinois? Yeah. Uh, and then a, a bunch that are over in the East Coast, Maine, Rhode Island, all those big blocks up there at, up at the top, uh, New York, uh, Vermont, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the policy should keep newspapers with marijuana ads flowing through the mail, said Colorado Press Association attorney Steven Zansberg. The Postal Service is not a criminal law enforcement agency, he said. It doesn't decide who is subject to the nation's criminals' laws. But the snafu has hit other bureaucratic hassles that could lie in the future for marijuana enterprises, which other seemingly simple administrative processes, governmental or otherwise, could be complicated because of the confusion over marijuana laws. Could marijuana users be systematically denied student loans or gun permits? Could charitable organizations outright deny donations from cannabis-based businesses? Could the Federal Communications Commission forbid any commercials having to do with pot? Some observers say marijuana advertising limits would be a good thing. What we really need, do we really need the cannabis versions of Joe Cannibal, Joe Camel and Spuds McKenzie? I think we're going to see more and more of these problems, says Zansberg. Each federal agency confronts the as each federal agency confronts these issues, there are inevitably going to be additional skirmishes. Other marijuana battles are likely to be fought in the courtroom. That's thanks to Colorado's racketeering lawsuit that was quietly dropped by plaintiffs in late December. The suit was one of two filed against Colorado marijuana businesses and affiliated em enterprises last February. And usually the end of such a lawsuit is good news for those being sued. But in this case, the suit was dismissed because its damage had already been done. It was filed by a hotel owner in the mountain town of Frisco against medical marijuana in the Rockies because the shop planned to move into a building near the hotel. The plaintiffs also sued the marijuana's shop bank, bonding firm, and accounting company since under the Racketeering Influences and Corrupt Organization Act, RICO, these businesses could be considered part of an organized crime ring. The three affiliated companies were eventually removed from the suit after they either severed ties with the marijuana business or reached cash settlements with the plaintiffs. Medical marijuana of the Rockies never ended up moving and shuttered its old location because of the legal battle. The hotel dropped the lawsuit because it had basically recovered more in damage than it actually sustained, said a lawyer for the plaintiffs. While some legal experts questioned whether the lawsuit would have held up in court, the fact that it did so much damage, not just to a marijuana enterprise, but to others who did business with it long before the judge ruled on it meant the RICO lawsuits could be a grave danger for the industry. Why would anyone want to be affiliated with a marijuana operation if it means they could be sued for organized crime? RICO is a big deal here, said Pat Oglesby, the tax attorney who studied marijuana at the Center for New Revenue in North Carolina. The threat of being sued for that kind of tangential involvement with marijuana commerce could be paralyzing. These are probably not frivolous lawsuits that would allow the defendants to sue plaintiffs for damages uh, and ab abuse of profits. <sighs> the mail. All right. Hey, everybody. This has been the AltaCast here on the Mutiny Radio. I've been your host, Pam Benjamin. 
Uh, we were joined by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth Wynn, who is stuck at the airport picking up her brother. We talked about the legalization of medical mar- legalization of marijuana, period. Uh, HC uh, 1308th, let's all remember that. Uh, And then the munchies that are here in this part of town and delicious things you can eat on 420. Uh, Go smoke some pot, all right? And we'll see you next week on the AltaCast. Bye-bye now.
below. Like a can of St. Idis And right then I start to kick And better hope the eight don't get too sick Cause if I cough, I won't stop I'll keep busting I'll just pause and take a spoon of robo tussing And take this doing that's a ten and a half Put it in your ass cause you're making me laugh Gia, and I deal with busters like a duster Niggas say eight is enough But mm, one more for the fucking road Eight seconds to get out before I explode Boom, and this feels doom Always learn to get burned by a heater. By a heater. Motherfuckers need to come to their senses. Fuck with the eight and suffer the consequences. Stop always do the motherfucking bragging. Who's been like my blood with the dragon? And to the bitches that got no clout, bring a shovel so the eight can dig you out. I put a curtain to your pump suckers. You can't gang me, fool. Uh uh, fuck off. It's the nigga from the free will prison. Compton, Compton, 
nigga, that's how I'm living. And if you fuck with that, I'll call you bluff. But don't forget, motherfucker, eight is enough. Yeah, back for the motherfucking nine deuce. Put my foot in your ass just a little bit, a little bit. You know I can't quit. So fade this shit, fool. Studio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the king. 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 I'
I'm the king. I'm like it down, down for it. Down, down for my crown. Oh man, that was great. That's the that's that's the shit right there. That was from uh that was produced by my man Jules. Jules the janitor. Um Jules the janitor. And it had uh, <laughs> and it had uh the grouch on there. You know what I'm saying? That's like when I like that verse that I kicked on there, Queasy. Sick YG was oh, on there. Yeah, Sick YG was on there. Um, that was off the Sad Truth Wax. Well, it's off the album, but this is the wax we played it off of. There's only select songs, right? We didn't put the whole album uh, on the vinyl. Was it German? Was it a German lip? I think, I believe so. We don't even know. Yeah, there's some <laughs> shit. Some yeah. at a distance is on here. Wow. Oh, yeah. Remember we? Oh, yeah. Damn, we should have played that. <laughs> Play that. Anyway, play that that's off uh, Sad Truth. Like I said, if y'all want to go, it's probably out there somewhere. I know Sad, it's on, you can just find it. We're about to, yeah, it's about to be a big Bore Stiff launch. Like how the Beatles did it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like iTunes launch, wait a minute. Our shit's been scattered here and yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, we're about to just put it out. We're finally getting our shit together, y'all. I mean, we've been had our shit together. Yep. But <laughs> as far as, you know, adjusting with this whole technology <laughs> thing. Yeah. you know, we're an analog group. You right, know what we I mean? are an so, analog group. So we, we get, and we're, we're regular people. We all have our regular lives, so it's just take some adjusting so yeah the board stiff our music will be all available soon. all of it so yeah anyway um before that <clears throat> i'm excited to see some shit coming up i'm gonna hear some shit anyway before that was uh compton's most wanted that was dope ass album music to drive by two um eight is enough with the meter sample that album is so dope. It's the bird's eye view of the one when he's in the blue little, uh, what's it, the six bone poly? Yeah, that shit is dope. That album, uh, with the with the with the album in the back seat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, like the music the same, to drive. Oh. Come on, blood. With the, they're playing that out. Yeah, that wow. was that was genius. genius. I mean, in that you had a production of that album. Like we could have played any song from that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like we were like, you, you were like, play anyone, blood. Yeah. Because that's that type of album, damn near, blood. It's a five star album. Yeah, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely a classic. <laughs> Damn. And then before that was Casual. And I remember when Casual came out, when they had the little, uh, was it the little, the demo, the, the hieroglyphics demo, and everybody had a few songs on there. Like, I, th- I think it started off with the, uh, with Souls and Mischief Taxi, and they got the Bass Ball, Bat Anna. I remember Casual had a few songs on that demo. And remember that shit? And one song, I always I always say it too. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Come on. Like that one never came out. It never came out? I wasn't on the album, nah. No. With the T plays the cool. Wow. Snare. Yeah. Oh. oh. Can you feel it? Can you feel it, Cash? Come on. What? Put that out again. Can you put Cash. that out, Cash? That was the shit. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, anyway. Shit is crazy, B. That out there. If I can get my hands on that, and I, I mean, not to discredit the whole, you know, Souls of Mischief now, huh? it's four of them, but when it wasn't no pest, no pesto, pesto, no Festo on there, that song was, I mean, you know, it was dope with Festo, of course, yeah. but without them, just that whole demo, that vibe, before, yeah, the before there was Festo and that baseball bat and a mm-hmm. and taxi and. Um, yeah, that was the era. I mean, like you said, Casual, that album, Fear Itself. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, you know, came as first, like we said, first it was just demos, right. as far as we knew. Yeah. And then he came out, I get on Jive, and I think they had to speed up every song, they said. What? Yeah, like some shit TD told me, you know, insider industry shit, because they were like, oh, it's too slow with a hip hop album. 
So I think they sped up every track or some shit like that. Wow. On Fear Itself. And I was tripping. I was like, oh, wow. Is that right? It is kind of sped up a little bit more. If you trip off of, yeah. <clears throat> Probably like gr- in the early 90s. It was like 95, 96. Mm-hmm. Danceable. 90s yeah. danceable game. Then we need that chub rock. <laughs> <laughs> Treat them right shit, man. Hey, honey and shit. Treat them right. <laughs> Treat them right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. We're going to get into some of this, this shit. We got, uh, we got some of this old school Woomty coming been, up. Yeah, we've been old schooling, man. Yeah. We, we were old school. Like I said, it's That's not about old school. Like, like I said last week, we can't call it old school because Slick Rick is still better to this day mm-hmm. than a lot of these young cats. So who's old school now? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, or who's not even old yet? Who's behind? Right. Really? You know what I mean? Like, like, Come on now. Y'all ain't following the blueprint or y'all ain't. It's just like a lot, you know, you just got to acknowledge and kind of, you don't have to listen to every, every, everything, but you kind of got to know what's going on and who was coming with what. Because then a lot of people come with them same little metaphors and think they came up with shit and like, oh, I came with that. You know what I'm saying? I got more ass than the toilet seat. You know Stop. what I mean? Like, okay, bro, you know, uh, Cash Money and Marvelous did that back in like 80. I got 80, more 80. ass than the toilet seat. You know what I'm saying? Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Cats is just terrible now. I mean, uh, I've heard I heard that the Drake in, in the new feature album is dope. I heard whatever. Some people told me it was many, and some people said it was good. But you know, I, I mean, I don't know what to expect. Cause honestly, I mean, Drake, I could I I know what to expect, kind mm-hmm. of. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Yeah. Because I'd be like, oh, Drake is good. Then he come up with the motherfucker, remember? Or whatever, some shit. I was like, oh shit, he got really <laughs> hard right there. I didn't know he was really. But you know, money do that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you start yelling with four bodyguards around you and shit. <laughs> you got three goons around. You start feeling yourself for real. Some, you know, saying millions in the bank. Believe me, humans are human. Humans bro, are know? humans with all that fake shit around them. Exactly. So. But yeah, you know, Drake's a hit man. He's the hit man. I give him that. He's the man that you can guarantee. I, I believe he's got writers. I, I'm right. pretty sure Someone he has writers. Yeah, that little Meek Mill yeah. drama and shit. Yeah. I mean, and I heard. I didn't really hear full thoroughly the battle raps. But I heard, I mean, supposedly Drake came out on top. He did. I heard one song. I heard he said a few things like, shout out to all the wife, boss, wife, boss, wife and niggas. Or something like, you know what I'm saying? Like, talk about how Nicki Minaj wife (laughs) meet meal, basically. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh. Yeah, like, oh, saying all type of shit. Twitter Um, fingers turn to (laughs) trigger. Trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers. He was like, "Mm." you the one who got bodied by a singer. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, meet meal didn't have no... And that battle But that was you know I'm growing up to like You know Do you like me now What is that you know Yeah Murder Grand Yeah shit like that Like whoa No Vaseline You know what I'm saying Motherfucker going in And he like you said The last of the last Last of the last week Is Ether you know what I mean? That was the last, last week. Come on, man. Nas <laughs> closed the door. Like, if you ain't, if you're gonna do a battle rap, if you're gonna diss them, you better do an ether. You know what the illest battle rap one? The Mac Dre against Mac Maul. Remember that one? Mac Stabber. Oh. oh. In Granny's backyard. He <laughs> <laughs> was talking about. Oh my god. Is that god. the coldest one that ever? Is, that is the coldest one. That's kind of just man. You know, Mac Maul was like, okay, okay, we cool. <laughs> we are right, cool. Yeah, no, that was definitely that's an underrated ass it's fucking trust, uh, right. <laughs> battle rap right there or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like for Bay Area cast, uh, like that's definitely when that holds close he, to us. You he, know what I'm saying? He, he checked back ball so bad. Was, first time you ever <laughs> grabbed the mic was in my studio. Uh, like oh, wah, 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 wah. that's how the game goes. Yeah, that was gangster right there. I mean, just like you said, sometimes people, I mean, you know, get out there. 
bridges like whatever you know what I'm saying get out their little lane and, and get out their sanity and when that money and attention and fame right. get involved because it's a drug you know yeah all it's that. definitely a drug so they all you know when the next thing you know Mag, someone like Mac Dre come out after hella years you know what I'm saying and try to get like hold on man what about me what you know it's <laughs> <laughs> kind of like you know how it is man people got it you know i'm not sure i don't know the business or whatever right. happened yeah. but yeah. obviously some happened maybe he didn't get a visit in he prison definitely put it out there it's, you know on, it's on cd you can go see it. it's rapper going bad max stabber <laughs> listen to that song that song is cold dope ass album dope ass sample too it's a cold song we queued up that yeah let's get into some music <laughs> you know what i mean Somebody, like you say slick slick mistakes of a woman if y'all know about this song, y'all gotta get into this. This is the shit right here. Mistakes Compared to of, what? Mistakes of a woman in love with other men. This is Slick Rick, baby, off the album with the rulers back. Rulers back. You heard it here first. Smoke signal. Ah. Oh, that Rick Silly, we forgave her. Late again Thursday alone, Rick sat left flat, looking in the mirror, and I wonder where she at. Gated girl, my heart and soul, it's after 10, and again, couldn't manage if she slept with other men. Out with my jewelry, so you know she looked truck, struck 3 o'clock, here she come, fishy like a fuck. Come here, let me smell you, I wanted to say the hell you. Hi, honey, sorry I'm late, but let me tell you. It's a fast chat, need the phone slow roping. Could you go to the store and get some soda, cause they're open? Again, it offend, and I pretend. Mistakes of a woman in love with other men.
mama. What's happening? This one for you, baby girl. That's right.
years ago. The homies that I know figured out how we can get paid off that gangster flow. True in that, breaking the holes with that rubbish. Off that jet benefiting nothing. Giving the world a little something. My comments on the block still jumping. Pumping the junkies with that killer cap. Flipping a quarter to a half seat. Birds was the word. They took that attitude to the industry. I never knew that my cap was so shady. I only had faith. And two of my players, Mr. 187 and Mr. Glock Chaos. We let it tear our shit. Then other fools came and benefited. We leaned in the managers, but they were just strangers. Didn't let us know about the paperwork in danger. We was in the land of shite. Cookers, they came feisty. People said we was on the winning team. Pillin' the grip, and it wasn't just a pipe dream. And we still chill, blowing that hell of steam. So you know, shake the spot because it ain't popping chilling with them because yeah them panties be dropping got a letter in the mail said the west wasn't true sold a million records so thank you play a hate or while we still innovate pushing work across the nation so apocalypse with a pocket eclipse yeah we got beef so i think you better worry nothing about above the law. Now, for real, like, on everything, this is probably one of my top, top, I don't know, top 20 dopest hip-hop groups ever, trios, hip-hop trios, yeah. Or just like, yeah, they definitely, like, they, you know, they fall in the category with me, it's like classics like 8-Ball and MJG. Right. You know what I mean? Like, 
I would say UGK. UGK used to be more like that to me when they were more under for like big but pimping and all MJG, that. But the thing about MJG, they don't have classic albums. Right. But I mean, you know, because they're, but for the South it is. You know what I mean? Like, this oh, this is true. You know what I'm yeah, saying? This but is true. they got some crazy. It's just like. They're like, you know, kind of like on that pedestal of like pioneering their own shit. They too. are kinda, the pioneer. You know. I mean, I'm not. They're yeah. dope as fuck. But Above the Law is the shit, though. Come on now. Because they, it's, it's, their story is iller too, like you said. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they got the major stamp at first. Like, whoa, you know, another execution and all that. Like, oh shit, Easy E, this is the new Ruthless Records shit. Yeah, for real. You know what I'm saying? And then like you, you said, but you think after that was going to be gone, like, damn, Above the Law going to fall through the creeks and cracks or whatever. But no. I mean, you know, if you didn't search, for maybe. I never really tripped off the Black Mafia album. Yeah, that was a good one. That was yeah. a, it had vocally pimping on there. It's a song called what, Pac was on one of the fucking albums. Yeah, the little EP. He was on that shit. But when Uncle Sam's Curse came out, that was it. Yes. Daughter. Yeah, that was the piece. proof in the pudding. That, that was the new era of of you know I, I don't know I think Black Mafia might have been G Funk or whatever better, the fuck. but that that would Uncle Sam's Curse on out with their albums that was it for me yeah. that was like that what was the album after the Legends was after that Time Will Reveal that's what that oh, album was from the Tommy Boy that album is so dope the Tommy Boy. That's and then Legends yeah, and then that. Legends and then Young Rich Thugs and then Rich Thugs which is like remarkable remarkable with the Marvin song oh yeah Marvin there's a lot of dope shit like that production and that lets you know like I, mean, I heard through the grapevine or whatever some interview that Hutch was saying that Dre took Let's Ride from him. You know, I bet he so did. The Funkadelic loop. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. they, he was fucking with it or whatever, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. But definitely, man, Hutch is one of the dopest producers. And you know, we already always shout out his uncle, Willie Hutch. You Willie, know what I mean? Oh, so that, right, right. It runs in their blood, you know what I mean? And Willie so. Hutch, if y'all don't know, he did the whole Mac, you know, the Mac. Goldie, you know what I'm saying? Pretty Tony. He all did that. the Foxy Brown too, the little good old love. Oh, he did that? Yeah. yeah, he did. So he did all the soundtrack, the music man. And runs in the family. So 187 came, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to do, you know, do some of that stuff with my uncle's doing. Anyway, that was uh, <laughs> Above the Law Apocalypse Now. That was off Time Reveal album. Go get that. If y'all not know Above the Law fans, if y'all like that G Funk type shit, go get those cast albums. I'm telling you, you'll feel what I'm talking about. Before that, with Sugar Free also from Promona. They all share the same spot. They all grew up in the same. That's why they kind of sound the same. Sugar Free, Brother Law. You know, Promona. It's like that, you know, you know, the pine trees and the, the you know, the cars, the, yeah, the, the glass was, houses. That was one of the little the Southern California homie. underspots that kind of revealed Pomona, itself later. Yeah. Like, you're like, okay, he's from Pomona. Okay, he's from Pomona. And, and yeah, I guess it was gangsta out there, man. I remember there was a story about Cube going to Pomona or something. And, <laughs> When he was, you know what I mean? Like all that little cam yeah, thing yeah. was going on, the drama, and they were like, yeah, Cube didn't even get out the car, man. We I had, bet he didn't. We had homies all on the front porch puffing weights and whoop <laughs> Cube was like, oh, no, I ain't dealing with that. I'm the storyteller, okay? Don't, <laughs> I'll tell a story about this, but I will not get involved. <laughs> Niggas in the front yard pushing weights. But Some I dope dealing. Yeah. Some gangbanging. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Fuck with them crazy motherfuckers. Anyway, Sugar Flea, Dip Die. He one of my favorite rap, you know, MCs ever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, you might be like, oh, but he's talking about pimping. And no, 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 no. Because that life is, exists and everybody plays a part. So don't get mad at him. 
Don't get mad at the hoes. It's just way of life. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of how dope you do things, too. The, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, you can criticize his lifestyle or whatever, but you're not going to take away how dope a rapper Come he on. is. You know what I'm saying? Like, people Smith. talk about Miles Davis being right. a wife beater or whatever. Okay, what the fuck? Everybody has flaws, but you ain't going to take away his genius. You know what I'm saying? You ain't going to take Billie Holiday. Oh, she was a hooker. She did it. You ain't going to take away that voice. You're not going to take you know what away mean? the voice. So it's kind of like sugar free. Like, yeah, okay, whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? But he, ain't no one writing like him. You know what I'm <laughs> no saying? One. Show, me, or show me another pimp that spit it like him. You know what I'm saying? Hands down. Hands down. Hands down. Sugar free. One remember, you said, remember you said last week, that's one of those that, do you know what it is? Give me, give me. Next thing you know, she's out the door. <laughs> genius, bro. She's getting it. He's a genius. I'm telling you. Uh, Definitely. Anyway, before that, Slick Rick, Mistakes of a Woman. That was off the second album. Uh, what album? What was that called again? The Ruler's Back. The Ruler's Back. Yeah, that was after his hiatus. After the first album, he got into an altercation with one of his family members. Supposedly, he shot him because of some other shit. Some money. Woo-wop. You know what I'm saying? Blah, blah, blue. Anyway, he ended up getting deported to some shit back where he's from. He's not from America. The man's from, like, London or some shit. He's from England. <clears throat> so, therefore, he had to go back there. And, you know... So he had to come out and do an album on some mani one. It was just kind of mani. It was kind of rushed. You know, it's all company game. We need a new album stick after the first one. And yeah, I, it wasn't as good as the first one, but it was still the effort of Slick Rick and the genius of Slick Rick's brain. Shit was off the hook. So yeah, get that album too. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. Rules right? Like Venus, they got. Like always, a Moses, uh, Tonto. Was it with Tonto or something? Yeah. Uh, oh, no, no. Tonto was the other one. Indian thumbs going. Mm, uh, yeah, that was the first album. Moses, you know what I'm saying? Mistakes. Uh, it's a boy. You know what I mean? That album King, was dope as shit. King was dope. So dope. That uh, album was top so Cat. Because oh. I'm top. Uh, uh, oh. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Slick Rick. One of the like top five MCs in the world. Definitely. Because he's he's probably a lot of people's number one or two, too. So, you know what I mean? He's definitely, I mean. Come on. Stop playing. Slick Rick was one of the, I mean, that's, man. I mean, yeah. Okay, I understand, you know, there was a generation before hip-hop who listened to hip-hop when we first, you know, when hip-hop first came out and was like, what the hell are y'all doing? You know, and I get it. You know, that's what's going on now. It's like they're trying to take the music and like we're those old school cats talking to the young cats like it ain't nothing but noise. You know, right? That's where we at. You know, mm-hmm. and we don't see it. You know what I'm saying? And maybe we don't see we it. don't see it. I don't you think know? you're ever gonna see it though. I don't think I'm not gonna. It's see almost it. like, cause like I said, even back then the disco shit, like I, it was only a few disco tweaks I dug <laughs> to keep it a bill. You know what I mean? Like now that I look back, you know the funk, disco yeah, era, the yeah. funk woopty wop. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the soul woopty wop. Right, but not the, the yeah. disco. And I think that's keep it real. Like that's what we're going through. A lot of disco that's rap, what's man. Going on. You know that's what I'm saying? Going on. It'll go away just like disco did. You exactly. Know what I'm like or it'll turn to something else like you disco gonna, did. Exactly. Or you like later on, like you're gonna have to have your own little, you know. Saying little trap parties in 10, 20 years, you know what I mean? Because that's your little, yeah, man, yeah. it won't be as cracking as it is, you know what I mean? Nah, because it's, it's like, just, that's what it is. Yeah, it belongs to them, man. We can't hear it, and we I don't think I'm it. never gonna hear it. Nah. Not coming, I mean, not coming from the culture that we come from, like, you could appreciate it for what it is. I'm sure people listen to like this dance, like, what the fuck is this? This dance, I'm not gonna lie. I heard a new song by this cat named D Boy, I don't know if you heard of him, mm-hmm. and he's got a song called Sweetwater. Dope. Oh my goodness, this guy. I, not every song he has is dope, but that song is dope. The lyrics is dope. You know, right. it's a trap song, but he used Nina Simone. 
wow. Yeah, trying to sweet water. I think she got a song called Sweet Water. Right. I think it was Sneena Simone. I could be wrong, but it Might sounded like tweaked it. Like it was some piano sample. I know she played piano. Right. And it was a lady on there that sound like it. Who's that, man? Yeah, I mean, you know, someone's gonna come. You know, like my dad always told me about. Uh, <laughs> Like a comedian, yeah, you be up there for two hours. He's bound to be funny, right? You know, what I'm like, oh yeah, there's gonna you're gonna laugh at something. You know what I'm saying? So like, I me, mean, you know, artists these days, we're we're fans of music. You know what right, I mean? Right, so when right. all this other shit come around, there's gonna be something that's dope. We're gonna be like, it's gonna you know, be something. Oh that's shit, dope. you know? Shit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I I, I peep a few Ty Dolla Sign songs. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, there's cats out there that's dope. Vance uh, Staples, she's kind of dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Some new shit out there. That I Maybe can Casey Veggies yeah. or something. Oh, he's shit. dope, but Yeah, there's all type dope. of little like songs him. that you, like I said, you're not going to dig a whole album, but you'll no. find some. I love Danny Brown. I like that. Oh, Danny, Danny Brown is dope as fuck. Yeah, he's dope. You know, he's I like well Chance known. the Rapper. Chance the Rapper. Chance. He has a couple of funny things. He was the dude that was an actor, too, right? That's exactly why he. He was a young actor and then got his little wig on. Is that what happened? And he's talented, you know, like if you know, I think the wordplay. Uh, uh, what's the name? Uh, what's his Maybe name? Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Uh, 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 Gambini. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. Childish Gambino. Yeah, he's got a That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, well, you know, music is beautiful, man. Yeah. What's up with the man? So I got to share this mm-hmm. with the world, man. Sure. I was at the game when the Dodgers clinched it on our field, man. Ain't that a bitch? And it was a sad moment. I, me and Ock was there like, damn, we ain't never witnessed no shit like this. Like, I wasn't really aware. I knew that, you know, it was down to the wire until the, later on in the game. I'm like, damn, they could, they, are, they might clinch it on us. Because I was looking more like it's do or die for us. Right. I didn't know that, you know, we're playing the number one team that they, they beat us. They clinched the whole National League division. I'm like, oh, oh. National League West. Oh. And they did it. Ooh, oh. Sad, so. oh. Congratulations to the Giants, man, on a great season. Season, though. You know what I mean? I gotta give my love to the John. I can't just ride with y'all when y'all doing the greatest, of course. The, the thing but. is, though, I'm not gonna give no uh, no excuse for the losses, but you gotta understand how to, you know how to, Gi- the Giants are a mechanical team. That's what they're, they're a mechanical team. Well. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way they play. They play like a machine. And so it's like, you need your regular parts. You need your pants. You need everything going together exactly what, you know, if you got those extra little parts that's going to fill in the parts mm-hmm. that was taken out before, then you have those parts. I but mean, it's almost, If you miss yeah. that many people. It's almost like Bucci damn near just, just experiment towards the end. Right. You know what, I mean? you know what I'm saying? And if you're, if you're missing that many key players of injuries, you know. It's, it's going to be an issue. And that's the way the Giants always play. You know what I'm saying? And they always, uh, you know, one year off, one year on, one year off. Yeah, everyone said, like, a lot of people, like Dodger fans and shit, we was all talking to them. They was trying to be respectful. Like, come on, man. Y'all shit is planned already, man. Y'all got next year. <laughs> like, y'all, y'all shit is scheduled already, man. Let us, let us. I was like, yeah, y'all, you know. <laughs> y'all shit I got no scheduled. love for Dodger fans, man. Like, I'm sorry. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's like, it ain't no, I don't like them more than I don't like Dallas or Cowboys you know and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't no other sports team that I don't like more than the Los Angeles and Dodgers. You know, and, and I think my hatred with the Dodgers came from the 80s, uh, Tommy Lasorda team. And it was, you know, Ron Say, Dusty Baker, Mike Sosha. Pedro Guerrero. Pedro Guerrero. You know, know what I'm saying? OG Ron Say, you said Mike Sosha. Come on, bro. Steve Garvey with Steve the Popeye Garvey, arms. Popeye. Me and me and I was tripping off there like, bro. He was like, I used to see him as a little kid. I'd be like, Grandpa, he got big ass arms. <laughs> Steve Garvey, man. I used to hate Steve Garvey. Oh, that team was insane. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That team was insane. It was more people. I was watching a whole, uh, I think it was the Dodgers against the Yankees 
OG mm-hmm. World Series. Remember that World mm-hmm. Series? Oh, I don't Bucky Dent with the yeah. New York Yankees. That was uh, my favorite, one of my favorite shortstops. I was never mad at the Yankees. They never. Just, You're right. Never. I was like, <laughs> even though they kept winning, like, I was never like, oh, fuck the Yankees. Yeah. Like, they was always an Don arrogant Mattelies. team. They was always an arrogant team since right, day one. Right. But, you know. They don't ever play the Giants, Harley, so I don't uh, give a shit. Exactly. That's what it was. He's like, we ain't worried about them. We, yeah. we need to get to the World Series before we start worrying about them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what that was about. Like, in that one movie, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, and Tom Hanks, Catch Me If You Can, I think, it was a dope saying he said about the Yankees. He said, uh, he's like, you know why the Yankees always win every, every World Series, son? And he's like, why, Dad? And he said... Because the other team is too busy looking at the strike. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you just mesmerized already. That's the Yankees. You got a mind fucked. You know, like, yeah, they had Yankees strikes. Yankees was the them. shit. They, I mean, they always been this shit. They had the yeah. best players ever. Derek Jeter and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Yankees, whatever. Giants, Burn, motherfucker. Bernie was doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, great season for the Giants.